When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. guys, Akil Stokes here and welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Today, I want to share with you an interview that I did with performance coach Celeste Rodriguez. Now, I've done a lot of interviews, but this was probably one of my favorite, mainly because, well, I'm speaking with a performance coach first and foremost, but we talked a lot about how the different, the different experiences that I, I went through during my life helped to mold me into the successful trader that I am today. And typically we never think about that stuff. We have regrets and all that, but it's interesting how the different pieces kind of build us up into the, the future us. So anyway, check it out. Let me know what you think. I'll put some information where you can follow Celeste and her, and her work in the show notes. And of course, leave me a rating and a review for his podcast. That's the best way you can support the show. And I hope you guys enjoy and welcome back to the Daily Dose of Vitamin C. I'm really excited to present to you guys Akil Stokes. He is the trading coach. So hey Akil, thanks for coming in today. No problem. Uh, thank you for having me on. I know it's it's still weird from my perspective because I, I see myself as a, you know, I, I started off where everyone else is. So I still see myself as this person that's learning so it's it's always funny to be like oh this you know Akil this coach this guru and it's like me like I'm just a I'm just a normal trader but I'm, I'm honored to to be on the podcast and I'm, I'm excited about doing this with you um, I know exactly what you mean especially with the guru part <laughs> mm -hmm. but you really do help a lot of traders with what you do and for that I'd like to thank you if you haven't heard any of that recently you really helped my growth personally and I'm sure a lot of other people around the globe so for those who have not heard about you can you tell us what's your journey like like where did you start how did you get here a little bit more intimate with who Akil really is Sure, no problem. I'll try to keep it as short as possible. Um, I have the, I tend to get long-winded, but I first got uh, involved in the market, actually in the, in the stock market. I, I focus mainly on Forex now, but mm -hmm. I started off in the stock market simply as the next form of investing. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a very, to have a very great father who growing up taught me about money, which I don't think is... Uh, taught enough um, anywhere in the world, um, but he, he taught me a lot about money and, and how it works, and he always kind of allowed me to dip my toe in different ways of investing, so simple stuff like a, a piggy bank as a, a little mm -hmm. kid to uh, getting my first savings account um, to seeing how like interest works, hey, you put money in here and you know they give you a little bit back. 
uh, and just every, you know, as I grew up, we just, we went deeper and deeper. So from piggy bank to savings account, from savings account to certificate of deposit, which is more like a loan where, you know, mm -hmm. I'm lending the bank money for a certain period of time and they're mm -hmm. promising me a higher return to um, a money market account. And when I graduated college, the next step was to invest in the stock market. He said, hey, that's the next step up. I had bonds at some point in there. I think I got mm -hmm. bonds for like a birthday present. Um, but I, he, he invited me to invest in the stock market and I had no idea what I was doing. I was, you know, I'm like, oh, stock market, you know, buy, sell, fast movement, all the fun stuff. Um, and he just said, uh, you know, my dad doesn't have a big investment background at all. But he said, he said invest in something, you know, um, just investing something simple, you know. So I'm going to date myself a little bit, but this was at the time where the first iPhone was coming out. This was my <laughs> very first investment. And wow. it was really com Yes, first one Apple at $99. This was, I don't know how many Apple stock splits ago, but um, it was simple common sense. My first investment was, hey, you know, I just gotten out of college. Everyone had um, iPods. Everyone was listening to music on iPods. Everyone had cell phones, and mm -hmm. Apple had this great idea to basically combine the iPod and the cell phone together. And I'm like, well, that just makes sense. Um, instead of having two different things, you can have one. Um, and I invested in Apple and it did very well. And at the same time, I began to teach myself just about the basics of kind of common sense investing. So not digging into um, any type of fields that I'm not familiar with. I didn't do any like pharmacy or medical stocks or anything <laughs> scientific. It was just kind of basic common knowledge stuff that I used, stuff that I knew. And that's how I got my feet wet in the stock market. I, I was also fortunate enough to, um, I had a mentor who was my uh, my wife's basically her grandfather figure. He was a local local millionaire. You'd never know it, but a local millionaire. And I, I basically sat and I watched him for like a year straight. Um, okay. And in his meetings and his daily activities, I just I tried to sponge as much as I can about um, investing and what to look for and, and how to how to go about that. So I had a pretty decent uh, decent experience in the stock market, and I. I I fell in love with it. Um, I really had a passion for the markets. Um, I had, this was about the time of the recession here in the U.S., so there were, there were no jobs available. So I was just doing this all summer, and I started asking myself the question: You know, how can I how can I make this into a job? I, I enjoy mm -hmm. it. I want to do it. How can I do this full time? Mm -hmm. And that's when I heard about uh, forex. My, my friend told me about the forex market. I, I went to penny stocks first and failed miserably. Um, <laughs> but uh, after, after that, because yeah, understand, I, I was making all this money uh, investing, but it came so slow, right? I, I doubled yeah. my money in Apple, but it took like a year, and I'm like, okay, that was great, but that wouldn't allow me to live. And you know, you're reading up on stuff, and like, ooh, penny stocks, you know, I can buy this cheap stock, buy a lot more yeah. shares, and I'll double my money in a day every day, and you know, all the fantasies that we believe in, and, and that didn't work. And then I fell for the same thing. I had a friend of mine introduced me to Forex market. I'm like, foreign exchange? I'm like, what is what is that? And you know, initially I thought that uh, funny story. I I thought that the only experience I had with currency exchanges was going to the airport. So I thought, yeah, this is weird. Don't judge me, but I thought that foreign exchange trading. He said you trade different currencies. I thought we'd be going to the airport with like shady duffel bags full of money, <laughs> sitting outside of the currency exchanges, and then like you know, waiting for it to move and then shoving the duffel bag. And they're like, come on, give me money, give me money, give me money. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, I was uneducated. Um, but eventually I learned what it was. 
and essentially was it was what what I took from it was it was uh, a way to make more money in less time with less money, and that checked all the boxes for me um, because I was good at investing and my ego was inflated, and I'm like, hey, I'm good at this, I'll be good at the forex market, get rich quick, all the stuff you see on the internet. Um, and I failed horribly. I, I attempted it. I, it was technical analysis was new to me. I, I had no idea what a price chart really was aside from mm -hmm. a, a normal line chart, and I, I failed miserably, and I, I kept trying, and I kept failing, and um, I was motivated to, I, I had a passion for it, that's why I kept failing and trying, it wasn't just about the money, I actually liked the game, mm -hmm. um, but in the back of my mind, I wasn't really as dedicated as I needed to be, um, so one day, after a little bit of thought, this genius decided to quit all three of his jobs, <laughs> and focus on the market full-time before ever becoming successful. It, the stupidest thing I've ever done. Um, it but, sounds like everyone. Like, I mean, it sounds like everyone's uh, story, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's, unfortunately, it goes bad for many people. They quit my job, and I'd lost even more money, and now it's. Uh, but I quit my job, and cause I knew that was the motivation I needed. To, I wasn't going to focus unless I put myself in a situation where it was do or die. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was in a comfortable position. I was working three jobs, making you know good money at the time for a recent college grad um, but it wasn't fun it was it was it was te working with kids with um, behavior mental and behavioral health issues um, which was enjoyable was valuable but it was it's a tough job it was coaching track and field at a local university which was fun but a time-consuming job and then it was being a janitor at night it was cleaning toilets and banks and stuff like that which oh, wow. wasn't fun by any means um, I just couldn't see myself doing that for the rest of my life, and um, so I quit, and I went all in on Forex, and I continued to fail, but uh, eventually I, I found a mentor, I found a coach to, to help me out, to help me get on the right track, mm -hmm. failed for a good amount of time, or struggled for a, a good period of time after that, but eventually uh, was able to turn myself into a consistently profitable trader, and after that went on to manage money for a little bit, turning my trading into a business, and then eventually becoming a trading coach. And I here I am it. today. Oh, wow. I love it. You know, one <laughs> of the things that I really loved about your background is that you actually came from um, a sports sector, mm -hmm. from a college, yes. right? And I know that peak performance is basically the same in every field, but it's more exploited in the sports arena. What do you think yeah. is um, your natural edge in being in being a trader from your knowledge in the arena of sports and competitive and I mean you coached you coached for track and field and I'm sure this has something to do with your stellar performance now. Yeah, I I, I agree. I'm I'm right with you. Where you know, and I, I've been fortunate enough to coach you know thousands of traders and I, I kind of start to see the tendencies and as you know trading is very psychological it takes uh, mm -hmm. you know, mental toughness and discipline is key and those are all the things you get in sports um, I, I played sports since the age of four I'm still coaching now and it's tough you, you have to be disciplined you have to listen to a coach you have to follow rules a playbook you have to be disciplined disciplined enough to trust your teammates, trust yourself um, in order to get the job done. Um, you also have to be coachable. You have to be able to handle maybe someone giving you criticism, maybe someone telling you that you're not right and you needing to adjust it. Um, you mm -hmm. have to be able to 
be able to make adjustments on the fly um, and also deal with, with uh, you know, I don't like using the word failure because I don't really believe you fail until you've mm -hmm. completely given up, but you have to deal with setbacks. In every, every sport, there comes a time where you, you lose um, mm -hmm. and either you sit there and, and moan and, and whine about it or you, you, you use it as a learning experience and you, and you understand how to get better. And I think a lot of those characteristics, I didn't really think about it until now, a lot of those characteristics have made me the person I am today. Like it, in the most humble way possible, um, I like to think that I'm a winner. Wow. And my, my trading mentor always told me, told me a great story, he says, winners win. And I think that's more of a, a mindset, meaning that I will just refuse to lose. Like the athlete in me will, I'm going to keep fighting until I physically and mentally cannot do it anymore. And that, that was my, that was my, um, my mindset as an athlete, um, where when I get on the field or I get on the track, um, no one can beat me. And obviously I'm, I wasn't the best at any of the sports because um, I'd be a professional somewhere now, but at least the mindset was what they're, we're going to compete. I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to do everything I have to. I'm going to mentally outwork you. I'm going to physically outwork you preparing for the, the moment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that carried over into trading where I think the main reason I became successful in trading is because um, I am willing to outwork anyone as far as educating myself in the market. Um, and then, of course, the the mental discipline and, and toughness of being able to deal with the, the daily ups and downs that come with being a trader. So I, I think you're dead on. I, I think it's and you see it with military as well. But mm -hmm. um, I think there's a direct correlation. Yes. Yeah, I do agree. And I've seen actual athletes perform really well in our field. And I feel mm -hmm. like a lot of it. Um, is from being coachable. You seem to attract a lot of mentors in your life. How does that come yeah. out? Do you do you actively seek them out, or do they just, you know, when the student is ready, <laughs> the teacher appears? How does it happen? I I don't know. Um, I mean, it's I was I guess fortunate um, where you know the first business mentor I met again. He was my my wife's um, basically like a, a father slash grandfather figure. So I, I initially met him because things between uh, me and her were getting pretty serious, and he wanted to he wanted to fill me out before he's like, hey, if you're going to be marrying my uh, basically my granddaughter, I need to kind of vet you and and make sure you're the right person. And he ended up falling in love with me. Um, <laughs> my my trading mentor, I met him simply because you know I was randomly searching the internet for some get rich quick system. I came across his website. And I decided to fill out a questionnaire. And more importantly, I decided to answer the I never answer the phone if it's a number I don't know. But for some reason, when he called after I filled out the questionnaire, I answered the phone. And, um, you know, that's I, I never would have had that opportunity to learn. So um, I'm not too superstitious and, and, and like, you know, I, I, I think things do happen for a reason. Yeah. Um, not to get too, too out there, but um, <laughs> I, I just think it's it's putting yourself in a situation to to have the moment attract you and then and then taking action when the moment comes and not letting it get past you. Um, that and a little bit of luck, I guess, is is it. I do agree. I think people have different opportunities. I mean, a lot of opportunities, but only a few actually take action. And yes. I do believe that whatever you're seeking is also looking for you. So now I want to know what's your typical day look like. 
Well, a typical day for me, the summer is a little bit easier than, uh, well, maybe not because I fill it with other stuff, but uh, a typical <laughs> trading day is this. Um, so I, I get up about 5 or 5.30 in the morning um, mm -hmm. to start my, my day. And I do something called a pre-wake-up wake-up. I used to wake up and get right to the charts, and what I found is that yeah. although I'm the the type of person that can like backflip out of bed and my wife hates me because of it. I, I jump out and I'm like, yeah, let's get the day started. Woo. I'm one of those type people. <laughs> oh, I'm just, no, you know, really? It's from, yeah. My, look, my sports background, we're up, we're up five o'clock for football practices and, and whatever practices. So I'm just, I'm used to it my entire life or, I guess, or yeah. just working that early. So I'm, I'm up, I, I can, I can get out of bed. I, I wake up like two minutes before my alarm. I get out the bed and I'm ready. Um, but what I found that although my body was ready, my mind wasn't ready. So when I used to go straight to the charts and look at them, um, I wasn't really alert and ready as I need to be. And, and mm -hmm. you know, you and your viewers know that you need to be on full alert when you're when you're dealing with the financial markets. Mm -hmm. So something I started doing was called, you know, I started taking time. I started taking a half an hour to start the day of just doing something else. So the first half hour is spent emails, social media, listening to this, doing that. You know, if I'm I go through phases where I want to do like yoga and stretch every day and then I get lazy and stop. So it's part of that. But the first half hour is dedicated to anything but the active markets. And I feel like after about a half an hour, then my mind has caught up to my body. And then I'll start my pre-market analysis for the day. So, Ooh. yep. I want to make sure I'm alert because I, I've made just simple mistakes just not being alert where it could be as simple as I'm supposed to set a buy order and I set a sell order by accident just because I'm not as sharp and you know you can't you can't do that that's that's a mistake and you gotta eliminate them um, but after that first half an hour um, I'll do my pre-market analysis depending on the market conditions that may last anywhere from you know 15 minutes to maybe 45 minutes and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I take notes I, I write out my checklist of what I need to look for during the day um, and then I'll, I'll eat some breakfast and I'll watch some TV, get away from the charts as much as possible. And at around 7.30, I come back and I, I run a live trading room with our, our traders on the platform where I'll go through my pre-market analysis once again. I'll, I'll show them the opportunities. Um, it is a swing trading and a day trading room, so I show them the longer-term trading opportunities, mm -hmm. but we also look for intraday opportunities. And we do that for about um, anywhere between two or three hours. After that, uh, I... Get away from my computer. I try to get away from the markets. I do something else. Uh, usually, it's it's physical activity. Um, I am an athlete, as you mentioned, um, but I also think it's a, it's it's my way of kind of getting away from the day. Trading is could be stressful. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot on your mind. It's kind of my way to separate myself from it. Whether I'm excited from a great day of trading or I'm really upset from a bad day of trading. Once I go out and do my workout, it kind of resets everything. It's like my meditation where I come back neutral and I can get on with the rest of my day. Um, so after that, I'll do lunch. Um, I'll, I'll do uh, kind of a, a post-market analysis where I review my day, any trades I've taken, and um, any trades that I may have missed. Uh, then I'll coach track and field uh, for the afternoon. Oh, so from wow. about 3 o'clock three, three to 6 o'clock, I go and coach track and field. Again, this is a, this is a way for me to get away from the markets. Um, and which which is good. I think one of the problems that many traders have is they're, they're too sucked into the markets that it becomes their life. And mm -hmm. I got to remember that I got into trading for freedom of time. Um, I so I don't want to be a 
yeah, I don't want to be a slave to my computer. And I know that I, I will because I'm, I'm passionate. I'll sit here and watch charts all day. So I, I do stuff to get me away. And what I find is that when I come back, I'm just more energized and more excited to look at the chart. So I'll, I'll coach track and field. I'll do one more round of pre-market analysis or post-market analysis to get ready for the, the overnight session, just making sure there's anything that I need to have on the board or take off the board. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, during this time, I'm doing stuff for the business as well. I do a lot of videos, podcasts, YouTube, so all that sprinkled in between. Um, but um, after track and after that post-market analysis, I shut it down. I spend time with the family, and then I go to sleep and, and reset for another day. I really love how many times you talked about walking away from the charts. One of the biggest yep. problems I see other traders go through is they feel like hard work and trading means sitting in front of their computer staring at charts all day. And I'm like, <laughs> that, that's a recipe for disaster. And yep, I, yep. I, I love how you stressed on actually walking away from it. And, you know, peak performance is all about stress plus rest and stress and rest. And your, your entire day just shows that. I also love how you talked about having a pre-wake-up routine and how that's <laughs> going to prepare you for the rest of your day. And I'm just so shocked that, that by lunchtime, you already probably did more than most of the population you even had time to coach. <laughs> that's amazing. So what are your thoughts for like traders who think they have to stare at charts that hard day to look like they're working hard? Well, I think like you said, it's a... It's a recipe for disaster. You're, it, the thing about the market is there, there's always an opportunity to be involved. You can, you, can, you can buy and sell at any given moment. And I think too many traders are under the impression there's like, I'm not a trader unless I'm actively doing something. Um, so when they're staring at charts, especially on, you know, during slower periods of the market, they're going to force themselves to do something. And you know, if, you, if, you, if you want to find something in the market to trade, you will. You, you look at it long enough, you'll convince yourself to do something. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and eventually you'll do it and it'll be a bad trade and you'll, you'll lose money. Um, and you know, when you check your stats, you know, maybe a month later, you'll see all these little, like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? And you'll realize that, man, if I just would have stayed out the market, kind of addition by subtraction, I would have been more profitable just by staying away from those impulse trades. So I think it's, I think it's an ego thing. We have, we have to put away what social media tells us about always being action actionable and watching traders always posting their P&L like the, mm -hmm. and, and feeling jealous. Um, we have to realize that being able to stay out of a trade is probably a more important characteristic than being able to get involved in the trade. And you just got to get away. You can't let, like you said, you can't let trading run your life. Um, do your work. If something is there, you take it. If something is not there, you you do something to allow yourself to get away and, and kind of an out of sight, out of mind type of mm -hmm. thing. I love it. You seem to have everything all put together now. You know, you got time for your family, for your hobbies, <laughs> for your followers, for your podcast. It's insane. But I want to know what what advice would you give yourself? You know, when you were just beginning, what would you tell yourself? Ah, uh, well. It's it's tough because I you know it it took it took me a while to get where I am today and I shared mm -hmm. a little bit of my story earlier where lots of bumpy roads and all of those were learning experiences so mm -hmm. part of me I, I never really have regrets I'm a big believer in like hey everything happens for a reason if I wouldn't have gone through what I did earlier I wouldn't be the person I am today I wouldn't be the coach I am today 
Um, but I guess mindset, I think if there's one thing that um, I would tell myself is, is, hey, focus on learning how to trade instead of what to trade. Uh, I think we get so caught up, including myself, on I want to learn this strategy. I want to learn this technique. I want to learn. I want to learn something that will directly result in me making money in the market. Where, you know, we had the discussion earlier before the the interview, where your strategy doesn't really matter. It's, it's trading is more about the person and, and, and you. And you'll you'll find a way to make it work that fits kind of your personality and style. And I think the most important. Um, trait that a trader can have, or the most important skill that a trader can have, is just the overall ability to read and understand the market. And if you have that that overall ability, you can go on to trade any strategy or technique that you mm -hmm. want to. Um, but if you're just trying to, if you're just chasing the strategy, you're you're basically just chasing the money. You don't really know how to trade. You just know what to trade, and you know nothing lasts forever. And you're not really learning your skill. You're kind of just taking a shortcut, and you know, you're going to end up taking steps backwards if you do that. So, focusing on just learning how to trade would be the the, the one advice, Keel. Don't just worry about a strategy. Focus on learning how to read and understand the market. And then, if you do that, you can develop as many strategies as you want off of that skill. I love it. This is incredibly interesting because um, most people would spend a lot of their money. On different strategies, there's this new hot strategy that's supposed to be <laughs> to be the new holy grail, and then two months later they're on to another one, paying for another yep. one. So it, it's it takes a while for me to convince these people that they're wasting their time doing that. And it's, it's hard. It's hard because yes. we, we why do we why do we trade to make money? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's you know I understand. Yeah, I do understand, but I know that somewhere along the lines, it's it's a belief that inevitably mm -hmm. clashed with them. How about you? Did you have any belief when you were starting out that clashed with your ability to successfully trade or make money, and how did you resolve that? Well, um, well, aside from the belief that it was it was easy and a get rich quick scheme, <laughs> which I learned pretty quickly, it wasn't wasn't the case. <laughs> Um, I think for me, it took a while to develop really a, an, an understanding for the markets. You know, as I mentioned before, I was I was always caught up on the next strategy, and I look back at it now, and there were a lot of good strategies that I traded and that weren't profitable, and, and and I would always blame the strategy or blame you know whoever, whoever, anyone but myself, right? You blame the broker, you blame the weather, whatever. It's you know anyone but me, and I look back now. Because cause what I would do is I would go through those strategies, I would do the proper back testing, and they would be profitable, and then they wouldn't be profitable when I traded it. And I'm like, mm. well, you know, it must be the markets. And I look back now, and, and lots, a lot of those strategies just didn't meet with my belief on the markets and my personality. I, mm. I am not a, you know, I was trading, say, a, a, a trend, trend continuation, a trend following strategy, but... At heart, I'm more of a counter-trend trader. I am very, I'm a big believer in the power of uh, structure, support and resistance levels. And in order to, in order to really maximize the strategy I was trading, I had to basically ignore support and resistance. Mm. And I would find that every time price would get to that point where, you know, if the trend needs to continue, at some point it has to break through a level of structure. And every time it would get there, I would I would like psych myself out and be like, no, I should be getting out of it, but no, the the strategy says stay in it. And it'd be like a battle. Get out, stay in, get out, stay in. 
and <laughs> I would I would make it I would make an action based on fear, right? If I was scared, if it looked like it was going to turn around, I would get out. And if it looked like it was going to continue, I would stay in. And I would never really follow the rules. Uh, I would always kind of second guess myself. And then, of course, I would turn into the hindsight trader. If I got out and it went up, and like, I knew I should have stayed in and, and blah, 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 or the other way around. If I stayed in and I ended up getting stopped out, oh, I knew I should have took my money out. And I just, it, it, was, it was tough because I wasn't trading something that I really believed in. Um, and it was hard for me to follow it and see it through. And, and, and because of that, I would consistently sabotage myself as a trader. So um, that's kind of when I learned that you have to fit your trading style to you as a person, understand what you believe in, understand what, what areas kind of psychologically put you off balance and try to avoid those areas. And, and uh, it, was, it was a good lesson, not, not at the time, obviously, but in, in hindsight, it was a very good lesson. Love it. Thank you so much. And one of the things that really fascinated me, uh, fascinated me about you is, well, you're a dad and you're a husband yes. and you're a coach and you're a YouTuber. <laughs> and you're a lot of things. You're a really busy guy, right? And there I am awesome. Of, that's what I am. That's awesome. what you are. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But there are a lot of dad readers like you who are struggling to, to balance their time. And mm -hmm. if they could do like just a few things to strengthen their trading psychology, you know, what's the least they can do that could help them strengthen their psychology in trading? Um, just in trading, it's, it's tough. Um, again, I, I, like we mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. I think I was, I, I was, I came up through the right way to be very disciplined and have the right mindset just through athletics. So I, I think in a way I was kind of, the same skill set it took for me to be good at sports is the same skill set that it, it takes for me to be good at trading. It's just a different type of game. I love it. Um, mm -hmm. But to strengthen your psychology, it takes it takes building your discipline. And you know, I never thought about this before, but th there are many ways you can build discipline. I'm sure as a performance coach, you know many of them. But I'm thinking even simple stuff like going on a diet. Right, going on a diet mm -hmm. diet is very difficult. Um, because it takes a massive amount of discipline, right? You're not going to eat after eight o'clock, or you're not going to, you know, not going to have this dessert, and it's sitting there staring at you, and it's so easy to give in. So, a thought of mine, and you could let me know if this would translate or not, is if you want to work on your trading psychology, it's not specific to trading psychology; it's specific to kind of psychology and discipline overall. So, practicing discipline in other forms and other aspects of your life um, will help. I didn't mention this, but um, when I worked with kids, a very valuable moment in me becoming the person I, I am right now is working with children that had mental and behavioral health issues because I am not a patient person. I'm very coachable. I'm very, you know, I'm a, an athlete. I'm a, you know, yes coach, I'll do it, but I'm not very patient. And when working with kids that, you know, uh, are on the spectrum, they have autism or, or, or Asperger's, you have to be extremely patient and calm in how you communicate with them mm -hmm. if you want to avoid kind of the the explosion. Um, so years of working with, with children like that have taught me to take a, a calm approach, uh, think about different ways to phrase stuff, to be very disciplined in what I say and how I act. And that has played a, a great role in me being disciplined and patient as a trader. So I would say working on other aspects. If you have kids, practice being patient with your kids instead of yelling at them or doing this. You know, practice 
relaxing, talking to them. If, if you're someone that wants to do something like with a, with a diet, practice that. It could even be something where, you know, I did a push-up challenge a few months ago where you know, someone on the internet, yeah, someone on the internet challenged me. And like I said, I'm a, I'm a competitor. I'm an athlete. So I just say yes to any challenge. So they're like, hey, Akilah, I bet you won't do that. I'm like, yeah, you bet I would. And then before you know it, I got to do 3,000 push-ups in a month. I'm like, what the heck did I get myself into? Yeah. As I'm, you know, I'm in my, I'm in my room, like, you know, noodle arms and, but it's discipline. It's one of those things where it's like, I accepted the challenge. I, 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 I kind of jumped off the cliff. Now I have to finish it up. And I, you know, it, it hurt like heck, but mm -hmm. you know, we did those 3000, we did those 3000 pushups for the month. So sim simply stuff like that is breaking a barrier where you're saying that, Hey, I didn't want to do this. I didn't think I could do it, but I focused in, I, I kind of willed myself to doing it. Um, those are the same skills that would be useful in the market when it comes to, hey, making sure I take the trade even though I feel kind of off about it, but it meets my, my rules, or staying out of a trade even though I want to get involved in it, but mm -hmm. it doesn't meet my rules. And I think those are very important. I completely agree because I honestly have a theory that, you know, a person's real life spills mm -hmm. to their trading eventually. I mean, oh, yes, yes. You know, if they're losing control in their real life, they're going to try to take control in their trading. But actually, mm. self-sabotage in, in the middle <laughs> of it, you know, the more you try to take control of a trade, the more you just do the wrong things, I guess. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's so true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. That is true. You know, specifically in losing streaks, um, traders feel like they're out of control during losing streaks. Do you have any recommendations for any trader you know, to get back to their game after a certain losing streak? Ooh, losing streaks, they are, they are tough. Mm -hmm. um, they get easier. The more you experience them, you get kind of numb to it. It's like, uh, <laughs> like anything else in life. You, you, know, you, yeah. you get a paper cut for the first time, you're freaking out, then you get it again and it hurts, but it's not as bad. Um, but the, especially the first one or the longest one is tough. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I can give, and it, it, it's going to seem weird, but find a friend. Um, m misery loves company because when you're on a losing streak, you typically, again, and this is social media ruins it because every, social media is just a highlight reel of everyone's best. No one talks about losing on social media. They just talk about how great they are. <laughs> so when you turn to social media, you're like, everyone's doing great. Everyone's life is perfect, and I'm here losing. <laughs> um, and it makes, it makes you feel worse. So if you can find a community of traders or a group of traders and you know, you're going through a losing streak and maybe you send a message like, hey man, five trades in a, law, in a row, that, that stunk. And you know, maybe he responds like, hey man, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. It kind of, it normalizes the situation because losing streaks are normal. Um, obviously depending on what type there's, you know, there's if, if it's self-inflicted where you're doing dumb stuff then that's not normal, but you could be trading perfectly and taking all good trades and still be on a losing streak. That's, that's natural. Um, but we get away from thinking it's natural because no one else is talking about it. So I think the more we can talk about it, the more we can say that, you know, hey, I'm on a losing streak. Oh, me too. It's okay. Um, it's helpful. You know, I, I do a lot with mental health as, as well. And, and one of the, not to get too off topic, but, you know, a lot of people, a massive increasing amount of people are suffering from mental health issues. And one of the reasons they're not comfortable talking about it is because they don't think that anyone else is suffering from it. True. But when you put people in a position where they find that common element where it's like, oh, you, you know, you too, you, you suffer from anxiety. Oh, that's, and that, now it's more accepting and they don't feel as, as, as isolated and it helps them control the situation. I think a, a losing streak is the same way. 
Um, but from a technical standpoint, to get away from all the, the psychological stuff, which I think is important, mm -hmm. um, find, your, find your best trade. Um, hopefully you have a go-to trade, a trade that you're very confident in or a level in the market that you're very confident in. Just try to get some type of good feeling, right? Get a small win, get something just to make you feel good. Um, and, and, and once you get that small win, it just it slowly starts to kind of rebuild the confidence and you get that good mojo flowing and, and you can kind of ride that momentum. But it's, uh, you know, I think finding a friend helps because you know, dealing with a losing streak, you really just have to, you got to ride out the pain train until it ends. And, um, you know, once you ride it out and you get through it, your belief is, is so much stronger because you know you've done it before. Mm -hmm. But that first one, man, uh, that first one's going to be rough. And unfortunately, <laughs> there's just surround yourself with positive people who can help you get through it, but it's going to be rough. I totally agree. Two points. I love the fact that you talked about um, regaining confidence first because mm -hmm. a lot of traders, after losing streak, they're trying to regain money. So Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to just like chase something and it's not working for them. But in the beginning, you actually have to rebuild the confidence you just lost from the losing streak, right? And... Mm -hmm. um, the other part that I really love is when you talked about, you know, an accountability group or accountability buddy, which I think is a fantastic idea. And I always, always tell my students this, that um, your profitability really depends on your skills, but your survivability depends on your group. So mm. it, it's actually nice to have an accountability group unless you guys start, you know, cheering each other on when you're doing the <laughs> wrong things. You know, ah, you didn't yeah. do your plan. I didn't do it too. That's great. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's, no, that's where the problem happens, right? And, you know, sometimes, especially in the middle of a trade, when you know a trader starts an overwhelming emotion starts feeling like overwhelming fear or overwhelming greed sometimes they turn on to each other and it mm -hmm. could turn into a fomo thing like fear of missing yeah, yeah yeah so what do you say a trader would do like when they're in the middle of a trade and they start this fear or greed what do you think they could do to stop themselves from those moments of disaster um, well, it, it, I guess it depends on the, if they're in a good trade, meaning a trade they're supposed to be in, um, mm -hmm. and they're, they're kind of feeling themselves get on that, that psychological edge of, of mm -hmm. doing something bad. Um, the best trick in the world, right? Every yeah. computer has this in the top right hand corner of your screen, or maybe left for some of you guys, there's like an X button or a red button, right? Push that, <laughs> makes your screen disappear, and then... You don't have to worry about it. That's the, that's the best thing you do, right? Stop. Get away. Don't look at it, right? We mentioned it earlier. I, I purposely put myself in situations where I get away because I don't like, you know, I, I feel the same thing. I've been a professional trader for years now, and I don't like, I don't like looking at trades. It just, it just makes you, it, 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 it tempts you to do something you're not supposed to. And this is coming from someone who's been trading for, what, 12, 13 years. And it's, it's still, I still have those feelings. So, Getting away from it is is perfectly fine, and the same thing. If, if maybe you, you've you've caught a losing streak and you feel like you want revenge and you need to get some money out of the market, just do some type of pattern interrupt. Do something. Get away. Go for if you're into working out, go for a bike ride or go to the gym or a run or go watch a movie. Just do something to get away and and, and come back when you're in a better a better mental state. And you know, I guess I guess the tough part is is being honest with yourself to know when you're not in a mental state, 
Um, but you got to be able to realize that. I, I, I had a buddy I worked with once who made a deal with his wife. Um, this was this was his way of doing okay. it. Where every time he made a bad trade, he had to buy his wife a present. And his wife, his wife would stare over his shoulder. I'm guessing she knew his roles. She would stare over his shoulder every single day, right? She was the one that held him accountable. And he said, Akil, he said, you know what? He said, at, at, at the beginning, I was making mistakes. And then I realized that it was, it, was, it was more expensive to keep buying my wife these presents <laughs> that it was to be in the market than what I was gaining from the markets from these bad trades. So he, he shifted the pain, right? The, in, yeah. Instead of pain of missing a trade or pain of this, the pain the pain was buying his wife a present. Like he didn't want to do that anymore. Um, so that was that. Yeah, that was more painful. It kept him disciplined because he was so fearful of of, of the alternative. <laughs> I think the more painful part was that I told you so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, she's like, yep. <laughs> So thank you for, for talking about that, actually. You talked about something really important. People generally think that professional traders, you know, people who have been trading for so long, people who have been handling funds, that they no longer feel these things, that they mm -hmm. no longer feel um, fear or greed or any overwhelming emotions. And because of that kind of belief, that the new traders think that the right thing to do is to suppress how they feel, that they have to tough it out, that they have to sit down and tough it out and feel whatever they have to feel, but they have to sit down. But the truth is we actually have to address the feeling by, um, mm -hmm. by getting up and doing something else. So, yeah, this has been such an amazing talk with you, Akil, and it has been very enlightening. It's such, such fun, such fun. I, I had had such fun talking to you. So before so, we so end this I. tonight, I want to mm -hmm. ask, is there any final advice for the traders listening to this right now? Yeah, um, I, I think if anything, they if you got anything from this podcast, and, and I know from the message that you preach in general, is that the psychological side, the mental side, that if, if there's going to be a holy grail in trading, it's it's that it's it's you. It's the, the six inches between your ears. It, it's it's you and your brain and your psyche. The truth is, there are so many ways to trade. There are so many profitable strategies and techniques that it doesn't really matter which one you you use. And the, the energy shouldn't be focused on finding this magic system. It, the, the magic system is you. Is it's it's developing the skill to trade and developing the 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 discipline and the, the psychological wherewithal to be able to do it on a consistent basis. I, I like to say kind of a, a three-part formula where consistent analysis plus consistent execution equals consistent results. And the consistent analysis is the technical side of things or the fundamental side of it, however you're analyzing the market. The consistent execution is the psychological side. And it takes both of, both of those things together if you want to be a consistently profitable trader. So kind of don't worry so much. I, I know social media is changing where this message is, is being more and more shared. Um, but don't compare yourself to anyone else. Uh, don't be so caught up on the strategy. That That is, in my opinion, the easy part. If you can focus on handling yourself mentally and, and just taking control of yourself from a psychological standpoint, then you have a chance. Um, and if you continue to surround yourself with the right people and the right coaches, they're going to push you in the right direction and you will be successful.
Oh, thank you. So, for the people who want more from you, where can they find you? And if they want to learn more from you, where can they get their hands on it? Ooh, I get to shamelessly promote myself. Perfect. You do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm all over. I'm all over social media. Um, uh, my website, the company that I am a co-founder of, is TierOneTrading.com. Um, we do coaching services. We teach people how to trade, but there's also a lot of free education on there. So if, if you just go to the website, uh, I think there's a button that says like, check out free stuff. Um, there are two free webinars on there that are very good. Um, you can also find my podcast, the Trading Coach Podcast, on really any podcast in your music streaming app. Um, I try to take what people are telling me on social media or asking me on social media and just give a helpful, um, give helpful insights to help traders uh, develop. And I, hopefully it's a little entertaining as well. It shares my life as a father and um, a businessman and, and just a chance to see my journey. And of course, YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Akil Stokes. Lots and lots and lots and lots of videos on there. All of my podcasts are on there as well. Um, more content than you will know what to do with. So um, yeah, I, that's that's it. <laughs> and hopefully I just provide a, a, uh, a positive uh, positive look at what trading that, is really that like was for you. really wonderful thank you for having <laughs> this time with me and I really appreciate what you did for us the Filipino community will definitely enjoy this thank you no problem no problem yeah.